Hey, this is Chad. Uh, the audio that we recorded for this episode originally got a little jacked up. So what you're listening to is the backup of our Skype call. I apologize for any poor audio quality. We will do better next time. Hope everyone's doing well. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6. Zach, do you know the name? The tragedy. So right off the tragedy. bat, when we got yeah, when we got the the name, you're like, oh, you know, something good or something bad's happening this episode. Yeah. So we start off, and uh, Mandalorian is talking to Grogu, and he's just repeating the name Grogu, Grogu, Grogu. He does not want. Well, they do not want us to forget Baby Yoda's real name, which is Grogu. Uh, it's it's beginning to stick. It doesn't roll off the tongue like it should. <laughs> and one thing you hear during this scene is you hear uh, Mando laugh for the first time. I don't think we've ever heard him laugh before. Uh, yeah, yeah, his so, demeanor has changed. Yeah, he is literally like he's actually having fun with the with the child with with Grogu at this point. Yeah, he's turning into you know proud Papa Mando, and you know. Whenever you have a sentimental moment between characters, that bad things are going to happen in the future. It's like a yep. rule of the screenwriting. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think they flash the name of the episode after this scene. So, like, you see all the good stuff, and then you see the tragedy. You're like, oh, geez, okay, here we go. So Mando takes Grogu to this planet. Immediately drops him off on this rock in a Stonehenge type formation, and. Nothing's happening at first. They get distracted by something when yeah, Mando that, turns around. Yeah, Mando sees, uh, and if you are a fan of Star Wars, you know exactly what it is. It's the Slave One. It's Boba Fett's ship just coming out of the sky. No reason behind it. You don't, you don't know where it comes from. Um, so he sees it, and basically he's going to turn to Grogu and say, hey, we got we to gotta get out of here, or we got to go hide or something. And now he's in this crazy kind of like, force force field communication thing where he's meditating and doing super meditation and he just he can't uh, he tries to get him out and he can't even penetrate this kind of force field thing yeah whoever Grogu is talking to they are having a good old time because he will not break his concentration meanwhile mando is having a bit of a, a struggle fighting with with boba fett yeah, anybody who's been a fan of Star Wars for a long time is kind of freaking out at this point because you've heard the, the last time you saw Boba Fett was going into the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. We did see him for the one, the one little just shot at the end of uh, episode one of this season, but we're you got some high hopes now that you're gonna you're gonna see him and you're gonna see him in Boba Fett action. Yeah, Favreau basically from the beginning of this season is has been telling Star Wars fans. Yo, I got your back. This is going to be, we're going to start connecting the dots. You're going to start enjoying yourselves. And I think you mentioned as much in our first uh, episode of this yeah. season. Yeah, and if, I think he said it during one of his, um, if you watch The Mandalorian, the um, the galleries, which they are doing another one for season two, which I'm very happy about. But if you watch season one, he says at some point that this this show is basically a bunch of kids in their sandbox with their Star Wars figurines and making up their own thing as they're going along. And that's kind of what this episode felt like, but just a really, really awesome version of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it turns out Boba is not there to kick Mando's ass. Boba is there to get his armor back. He knows that Mando has his armor 
from a few episodes ago. And basically the huge sequence or a long discussion where Boba Fett explains himself and his history and how he is a quasi Mandalorian. That's where, you know, we've been talking about how the definition of what is a Mandalorian is, is very vague and, and everyone has their own rules that they think apply to what it means to be a Mandalorian. And clearly Boba Fett has his own set of, you know, he has a huge attachment to this, this armor. It comes from his father and who, uh, who is a Mandalorian. Boba Fett probably has never seen Mandalore, um, but he still has a connection to it. And, um, Mando asks Boba, has he, have you taken the creed and which he has not, but he's, he thinks he has just as much right to this, this armor as anybody else. Yeah, we've kind of talked about there's definitely two factions of Mandalorians. There's there's so many factions because I'm sure that Boba Fett and Jango Fett aren't in the same side that Bo-Katan's on, and they're definitely not on the same side that that uh, Din Djarin Mando's on. So it's I mean there's probably just so many different little sects of Mandalorians that we haven't even explored yet. That that's uh, this is just another kind of proof of it. So Boba says. If you give me my armor, I won't have my friend Fennec shoot Baby Yoda. It, he he uses some very specific wording in it, though, that kind yes. of sets up for later in the episode. He says, I guarantee the safety of the child. Guarantee the so, safety of the child. So it's not that he says, he does say that if he doesn't give him, if he doesn't make this deal, he will have Fennec. He has her have her rifle trained on him to basically snipe him if he doesn't give him the armor, but that's not the wording he uses. The wording he uses, I guarantee, I will guarantee the safety of the child if you give me armor. the armor. So I want to point this out. Everything that's happened in this part of the episode leading up to this conversation and the action felt super clunky. They were just like trying to get to this point. But once they got all of this exposition and set up out of the way the the episode like flips on a dime and it goes into hyperspeed so if you felt frustrated by the first half like not going knowing what's going on it's because they wanted to get to this point they're like you know what we need to stop teasing you guys we need to give you the real deal and go, go ahead Oh, I was actually okay with the first half. I thought, like, I, I do agree there were some there were some clunky lines in there, but I I kind of like the setup. I like I like where we, I like how it got to where it was. I mean, just maybe I was just so in shock that we're seeing the slave one fly around again, and that we're this is what we're getting. That it kind of, um, I kind of just dismissed the rest of it. But uh, I was I was fine with the first part of the episode. When this sh- when this ship shows up. I knew exactly what was going on. I, they do. They do, they show the ship earlier on in this season, don't they? Nope. They don't. This is, the, this is the first time we ever see it. Okay, well, that, yeah. not important. But as they're having this discussion about exchanging the safety of Grogu for the armor, we see a couple ships come out of the sky. Well, one one at first. It's, one, a, it's yes. basically one at a time. Yeah, I wasn't sure about this either. It was a ship comes down and a bunch of stormtroopers jump out, and there's an immediate fight between Boba Fett, Fennec Shan, and Mando and these stormtroopers. 
Well, actually, so Mando, it's really just Fennec and Boba at this point because the uh, Mando basically leaves the scene to go get Grogu. Try to Grogu. get Boba have Grogu, yeah. Right. But let's just say Boba Fett is not has not been dulled after all these years. He is sharp as a tack, and he is kicking the shit out of these stormtroopers. Yeah, they're using. He's using the gaffy stick from the from the Tuscan Raiders. He is just laying waste to these guys, and it's. I I thought it was. I mean, they they try to kind of dull the uh, the violence in this just because mm-hmm. it's still a kids thing. But the fact that they're wearing helmets and he is just he's he's basically breaking these guys' helmets apart yeah. with this gaffy mm-hmm. stick. I, I really like that that part of the the, the yeah the show. Boba's fighting was awesome. Everybody else's fighting was kind of lame. I, I, I have no interest in blasters going back and forth. Yeah. Like, give me lightsabers and give me some like physical hand to hand and like yep. uh, gaffy sticks to the face. Yep. If I have to complain about the series in general, um, man, stormtroopers are just so worthless. They're just like they—they they don't even. Well, later in the episode, they do get some shots on Mando, um, which is a whole nother thing. Like, he's just, like, they go through this whole first half of this fight, and and Fennec and Boba don't get hit once by one blaster bolt. And then Mando shows up to kind of help out, and he is getting blasted left and right. It doesn't affect him because it keeps hitting his armor. Yeah. But it's just the fact that he can't hit the broadside of a barn when it's guys without armor. And then once he, once a guy with armor shows up, they just start blasting the heck out of him. Not that even though it doesn't do anything. We, it, we know these guys are safe. There, there, there's no threat yeah. from yeah. these stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish a stormtrooper would get a shot on somebody that caused some kind of damage at some point. Yeah. And if you don't have any consequences, if there is no real threat, then we don't, there's not as much excitement in the battle. We take care of all these stormtroopers. And as this, uh, a second wave of stormtroopers is coming towards our heroes, we see a blast come out of the sky and it blows up the Razor's Crest, completely gone. Did not expect that. Yeah, that was, um, and I've heard this talk about, like, this was a talk back when episode nine happened. Some of the theories, it's like, oh, are they going to blow up the Millennium Falcon? That's just as powerful as killing a character, just because you've Mm -hmm. become so attached to that ship over multiple movies. That was probably the most, one of the most dramatic things that's happened in the series so far is blowing that ship up, because it's, I mean, we've only seen it for two years, but it's become iconic with the show, Um, and it's... It's gone now, so it's yeah. That's that kind of hurt. That's gonna be. This is the first blow that we've ever really suffered. Um, well, Quill, uh, Quill dying at the first end. Of first oh game. yeah, that's true. Oh, sorry, and, Quill. And, and IG Eleven die um, sacrificing himself was pretty good too. Yeah, that, but that, those guys, we knew something was gonna happen to yeah. those guys. That, that was. I, I, it was the first thing this season, though. I can't think of anything really besides that that's happened in season two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Moff Gideon, they, they reveal that Moff Gideon is in this ship and has blown up the Razor's Crest. Moff Gideon sends down the Dark Troopers. He says this by name. He says, send the Dark Troopers to go get Grogu. We see the Dark Troopers in action. And man, do they look fierce. So they are, in fact, 
robots or droids. They're not, there's no life form, life in those, those suits. Uh, he sends down the dark troopers to steal Groku. They land, they grab Groku and they take off. They, they have like jetpacks or, or um, some sort yeah, of. Yeah, they, they basically got boosters in their, in their yeah, feet. In their yeah. feet. And they take off. Boba jumps into Slave One, the ship, and set, wants to blow up these dark troopers. Which I'm like, uh, I thought we were promising not to kill the to kill Groku here. Boba, because Boba's flying Slave One at this point. I don't think he knew that he had that the dark troopers had Grogu. Yeah, um, I did. I did get a very. Um, this is probably just a John Favreau thing. I got a very Iron Man vibe out of those guys. Oh coming yeah, down. yeah. I mean, it looks it like basically... the Iron Man two. I didn't catch that. Um, <laughs> so the the dark troopers get away with Grogu, um, and Boba lands back on the ground, and Mando is not in a good. He's not in a good place. Uh, but Boba says, you know, we have not completed our deal for the armor. Uh, Fennec and Boba are going to help Mando get Grogu back to honor their end of the deal. Yeah, well, you did kind of skip over. We did kind of skip over uh, a certain thing when um, when they're taking out the first wave of stormtroopers from the first ship. Boba gets the he's walking by the the Razor Crest before it gets blown up, and he kind of has the bright idea to go grab his armor. Almost, uh, he, I don't know if he knows something's going to happen, but something. Uh, uh, it's a good thing he grabs it, otherwise his, oh. his armor would have been toast. Um, yeah. And, and then when they make the reveal of him coming out with his armor on, he just goes total beast mode on the rest of the, the stormtroopers. Not that you really need to go beast mode on stormtroopers. You can kind of just take <laughs> them out, it seems like. But it was fun seeing. You got to see all of Boba's bag yeah. of tricks. You got to see you got to see all his different rockets. You got to see his kind of, he is kind of like a, a, a rocket propelled punch that he uses. You get a cool scene with him using his whole arsenal of weapons. Yeah, I, I I totally skipped over that. I forgot to say, uh, yeah, in the beginning of the fight, Boba is in just his regular desert attire. And then he gets the armor back and he goes beast mode in the armor. And that is where the fighting really takes off. And, you know, I don't recall, like, Bo Boba Fett has some action during the original trilogy, but they don't show him to the depths that they do in this episode fighting. Yeah, and, and where he gets a lot of his kind of credit from actually came from Legends, came from the expanded universe after after Return of the Jedi. Books came out with about him. There's comic books where they cement him as a just a total badass. You never get to see it on screen. And then the next time you see Boba, actually canon-wise, is on, in Clone Wars, but he's a... He's a 12, 15-year-old kid at this point, so it's not its not really a good comparison. There have been some canon things with Boba that where they do show him, show him in action, but this is, I mean, this is what everybody wanted. Yeah, they've been asking for this for a long time. Uh, it was kind of like a running joke, but the hardcore fans wanted it so bad, they, they had to do it at, one, at some point, and yeah. I, I think this is very effective. Yeah, this is kind of what I was talking about, the whole sandbox thing with John Favreau. He was, I mean, he's a little older than us. He, he saw the original trilogy probably in the movie theater. This was him being a 10-year-old kid playing with his action figures is exactly what this episode was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't know why we do this, but 
uh, Mando and gets into Slave One with with Boba and Fennec, and they go back to Navarro. Uh, Navarro, and they meet up with Cara Dune. Um, what does Cara Dune have that's going to help them find Grogu? So the only thing we, he goes and asks her for the records of I can't remember his name, but uh, Bill Burr's character from the first season, from like the the Prison Breaks episode. He does know that Mayfeld. Bill Burr's Mayfeld. That's right. He does know that Mayfeld is an ex-imperial. So really, that's the only thing we can kind of assume is maybe he's he knows something about Gideon. Maybe he knows how to locate him. Um, okay. Uh, but he may feel he's not in prison, but it sounds like he's kind of like you hear in the old trilogy. He's on, he's a slave in the spice mines of Kessel. He's somewhere like he's kind of doing, he's doing manual labor somewhere he's as a prisoner. Hard right. Time. So he's got to go, he's got to go bust him out somewhere to get, to see if he can actually help him. To me, what, what the end of this episode kind of feels like before we get to the very end of the episode, it feels like it's setting up for episode seven to be the Avengers assemble episode. Like <laughs> let's get everybody together. And then episode eight, the finale, it's all going to be, let's go after Gideon together, whether it's, it's going to be Mayfeld, it's going to be uh, Boba and Fennec Shan. It's going to be Mando. It's potentially going to be Ahsoka. It's potentially going to be Bo-Katan. It's going to be Cara Dune. It's gonna be it's gonna be Carl Weathers' the character. Whole crew is getting that together. Yeah, I think episode seven is really gonna be the setup for episode eight where they get the crew together, and we've got the potential for a Jedi to come in from what Grogu's been talking. Grogu mm-hmm. was talking to in this episode, so there's a there's a whole lot of stuff they could do in episode seven and eight. Yeah, it feels like Grogu made contact with the Jedi very clearly. And the end of this season is likely either the Jedi is going to help them in their fight against Moff Gideon or the Jedi will arrive at the end, kind of maybe as the end note to this entire season. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's going to be one of two. Uh, my two guesses are it's either going to be Ezra because um, there has been talks about this uh, actor who's kind of he's put stuff out on Twitter that he's potentially playing Ezra. Or it's going to be Mace Windu. That's it's going to be one of those two. Yep, yep. I'm I'm very curious to see what what ends up happening. So uh, that next episode is 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 directed by Rick Famuyiwa. The episode last year that Phil Burr showed up in was directed by Rick as well. Good so, point. I didn't think about that. Yep. I kind of figured there. Well, I didn't know that Bill Burr was going to show up again, but. I wonder what this episode would be like, and and maybe Rick and Bill have a have some sort of relationship, but it's going to be another prison break episode. So very similar to well, I, hopefully it's not a, on a ship like last year, but yeah, it, does, be... it it doesn't sound like it's good. it sounds like it's on a planet somewhere. Okay. So after this, we cut to Moff Gideon's ship, where we see Grogu kicking the crap out of some stormtroopers with force powers. But as he does so, he's getting pretty tired. He kind of wears himself out. Moff Gideon is watching all of this, very amused. He kind of had a feel as though maybe Grogu was going dark. Maybe Grogu was going a little Sith, uh, which has been teased a little bit in Season 1 and in Season 2. Moff Gideon lets Grogu wear himself out 
and is kind of teasing Grogu a bit with with some playful banter. Um, and he shows him the Darksaber and asks him if he's seen one before. Now, I didn't put this together whenever I watched the episode. So, Zach, what, do you think there's a connection between the Darksaber and, and what maybe Grogu has seen in the past? Well, I, I don't know if there's... Well, I think there definitely is. And I think the way he phrased it was... you've It, it was almost like, you've seen one of these before, haven't you? So... That kind of leads me to believe that Gideon knows that Grogu came from the Jedi Temple. He's okay. He's he's got an idea that this little baby's seen some lightsabers before. Um, but do we know was Gideon the one who kind of orchestrated him getting captured? Um, does he know who got who orchestrated him getting captured? Um, I think Gideon. I think he's kind of showed that he knows more than we're being told at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we end the episode with Grogu in cuffs, passed out in the holding cell. Uh, and this is kind of the first time we've had a cliffhanger at the end of an episode going into the next, like going into the following episode. This was actually one of my, this may have been my favorite episode of the season, which is hard to say coming off. Wow. You, you like this better than Ahsoka episode and, and Bo-Katan episode? And the reason is, is maybe... I would almost put this in Bo-Katan kind of 1A and 1B and then Ahsoka right behind it. And the only reason is, is because with the Ahsoka episode, we knew it was coming. We like, it it was just, there was no, I couldn't imagine like if we didn't know it was coming and we got the surprise of Ahsoka, that would have just put it on a different level. But I was not expecting to see Boba Fett come back and do all this crazy stuff. I was not expecting now, once we got the the name of the episode, the tragedy, I was expecting something bad to happen, but I wasn't expecting Baby Yoda to get stolen to be um, be on a cliffhanger at the end of this episode. It kind of broke the pattern of this season where we got one really good episode that pushed the story along, and then one kind of side quest. Mm-hmm. This just it took last it took last week and just kept pushing along and, and pushed it even harder. So that, that this this. See, this episode just surprised me uh, way more than I was expecting. So that, that kind of made it one of my favorite episodes of the season. So I was not as surprised. I had been thinking all along that the back half of this season, if they wanted it to be successful, they needed to connect the dots and they needed to have a lot of momentum in the back half of this season. So I wasn't surprised. I actually, you know, I had stopped thinking about Boba Fett since he yeah. showed up in the end of that first episode. Um, yep, me too. So him showing up was a big surprise to me. That made it exciting, but uh, I was pleasantly, I was pleased to see they kept the momentum going, the plot connections from episode to episode, and we have propulsion. We have the stakes are getting raised, and you know there is a sense of urgency. So very excited to see what happens in the next episode. It may be kind of like a, a pause before the, the climax, which is kind of, you know, take a breather, get the crew together. And then, you know, I think we're going to see some character moments yep. next episode where Mando is separated from Grogu and we're going to get to see him with some separation anxiety. He's going to maybe be more vulnerable. We already saw cracks at that of his armor uh, it's metaphorical armor in this episode. We're going to see more of it next episode. 
Yeah, I, I definitely. I think you're going to see how much he's really become attached to Grogu up to this point. And you're right. I think it's it is going to be a little bit of a breather, but they have a lot of work to do to get all these characters together. Mm-hmm. If that's what it's going to be, if if Episode Eight is going to be a big team up, which it kind of seems like it's building to. That's that's what the end of last season was. We got all the the big care. We got IG Eleven. We got Cara Dune. We got um, Grief Karga. We got everybody that was introduced throughout the season got brought into the last episode. So it's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do again this season. I think what this episode and the past few episodes that have all gone pretty well shows us is that John Favreau and Dave Filoni really have the finger on the pulse of broad culture because everyone loves Baby Yoda and also these hardcore Star Wars fans they know exactly what we want and they are giving it to us and they're still providing a an exciting story that is just put together very well we can trust that when we go into every friday that we're going to be entertained and we're going to not regret <laughs> waking up early or staying up late to watch this episode yeah i was i was thinking about that in the the car today where i was thinking this time last year we were getting ready for episode 9 and yeah, we were excited about it, but you hear you hear leaks and then you see it and you're like, yeah, that was fine. I, I don't know how I would have ended it, but it didn't really give me the the Star Wars punch that I wanted where it feels yeah. like this this series gives me something every week. If they could keep doing this for the next 10 years, come out with a one series, an eight episode arc every year, whether it's Mandalorian or something else, I don't really need a Star Wars movie. I mean, I... I <laughs> I, I love the movies, but this is this is so much more fun to me. I think maybe we'll take a break from the movies and we'll keep delivering the goods in this in this series and other series. Yep. These guys know what they're doing, um, and maybe we'll get a movie later on when they get their acts together. Um, yeah, you know, no offense to JJ and Ryan, but it it, it definitely feels like Filoni and Favreau live and breathe. Star Wars, yep. where J.J. and Ryan Johnson were dabbling in it. Yeah, I, that's that is a very good way to put it. I, if they if they do go back into movies, I really hope that Favreau and Filoni have some kind of major part in it. I don't know if they will because they've they've announced all these different director potential mm-hmm. directors, um, and maybe they just leave. Maybe they leave Filoni and Favreau in the in the TV space, in the, the Disney Plus space, I'm totally fine with that, too. If they just want to, I'll still go see the movies. I just, I, I know I won't like them as much as what Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing. Well, I, I guarantee you that Filoni and Favreau will have some sort of creative input into what's happening in the movies. They may not write or direct, but I am sure they've earned a place in what what goes or doesn't go into the film stock that they're that you know, of these movies like this is they're not going to do the thing that they're doing um with dc movies where every filmmaker gets to you know come up put with their, their own story and like put their stamp on things i think this is gonna have to go through a level i don't think they want to filter it or like cleanse it or sterilize it it's not a it's not a it's not a matter of too many cooks in the kitchen I think they're going to go to John and Dave and say, this is what we have. Does this, is this going to work? 
do right. we is it can you give us give us your blessing yeah. um and i think that any filmmaker that's going to work on star wars they need to be conscious of this before they start any work because we can't have another trilogy like we did last time yeah you're exactly right i like that you the directors it doesn't matter i mean the it does matter but it, the what really matters is the the writing the story whether it's one of those guys writing it john john or dave or just having total input on the on whoever does write it yeah that's what needs to happen moving forward for the movies to be successful for them to land with the fans and just for it to be just to have the continuity that was the big glaring weakness of the sequel trilogy was just it just kind of felt like it was all thrown together nobody there wasn't any continuity between one between seven eight and nine yeah and i don't think the writing has been flawless in the mandalorian but they've been hitting more than they've been missing and i think the overall story has been giving us what we want and need it's funny because we when we did our episode of zick and wick covering the rise of skywalker I think we both were putting, we're giving the Rise of Skywalker a lot of benefit of doubt. We knew it wasn't going to be as satisfying as it should have been, but we had fun watching it. Right. And I, I, I went back and I watched some of Rise of Skywalker recently, and there's so much stuff in there that I've forgotten about that I, I just don't care about at all, like at all. I'm like, wow, these are all super forgettable. Like, there's nothing memorable about this movie whatsoever. Yep. And it was giving us candy when we watched it last year in December. It was just, oh, this is cool. And we got some laughs out of it. But there was nothing that, st- that stuck. Yep. Where, I, where I feel with this series, things are more thought out the connections just between everything are way more thought out. So it's, you actually get the, like you said, stuff sticks. Like you remember it even just as simple as now we know that at the end of, I think it was season two, episode five or six, the one on the one on Tatooine with the young uh, bounty hunter where Fennec Shan dies at the end Mm -hmm. and you see the guy show up and they don't, all they show is his feet. We now know that was Boba Fett. I mean, just little connections like that is uh, uh, that they would never, it seems like they would never do in the sequel trilogy. I do, I wonder what, what Fennec's significance is. They brought her back for a reason. And maybe that's to be revealed later on, but something's going on there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets, she gets killed in episode eight. Okay, um, it just, <laughs> just they just needed somebody to die. They they need some kind of big name actor to die. I wouldn't be surprised if she dies. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Burr dies. They're not going to kill Boba. They're not going to kill Mando. They're probably not going to kill Cara Dune. Um, they're they probably not. Gonna, they're going to kill Grief. They could kill Grief. It's a. I mean, that's Carl Weathers' call. I think whether he wants to to eat it or not. There, there's a couple guys. Like I think Boba. I think Mando. I think the child. Are untouchable. I think everybody else is. I, I think they're bringing in care. They're almost bringing in characters for. I don't know if stormtroopers going to kill them, but um, Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon, Gideon and, and the dark troopers are going to. Yeah, 
That's exactly right. Uh, I think Ahsoka is untouchable, and I think um, Bo-Katan is untouchable. Those are, there's, it's a short list of people that are untouchable at this mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> we got, we got to have some big names that we can kill off just to get some kind of yeah, uh, you need to, Yeah. <laughs> Pull up the heartstrings. Yeah. All right, Zach. Well, that's all I've got. Anything, anything left over for you? No, like I said, I really, I really liked this episode, and I, it was more just the surprise that I really liked. But I'm glad they kept the momentum going from episode five. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This has been another episode of Zick and Wick. Have a great one. See ya.